1: LA Studios This is How to LA, the podcast that helps you navigate this city. I'm Brian Little Santos. The past few years have kind of been a roller coaster when it comes to city politics in Los Angeles. In 2022, the city council tape scandal rocked LA and became national news. Then in 2023, there was more scandal with two council members facing accusations of corruption. That's in addition to the three others who were convicted or accused of corruption in just the last four years. Today, we're talking about what could be in store for LA politics in 2024. And what do you need to know and look out for this election year? Here to break it all down for us is a smart and very dedicated LAist civics and democracy correspondent, Frank Stoltz. Hey, Frank, thanks so much for coming back on the podcast. You forgot handsome. And handsome. Oh, there we go. All right. Hey, Brian. Hey, what's up? All right. So first of all, tell me, what is your mood knowing this is an election year? And what's it like reporting on local politics during the election cycle?
0: I'm excited. I mean, elections are great. It's an opportunity to hear people out, uh, their visions for the city, to get their promises on what they want to do and to let voters know about what's going on with each of the candidates and then hear from voters on Election Day on what their choices are. I think elections are great.
1: But let's be real here. The job gets busy, Frank. Tell me more about that.
0: Yeah. Well, we put together our voter game plan, which is a whole list of all the candidates and their positions. Very user friendly. It's very popular. And we put that together for the city council races, for the board of supervisors. There's the big district attorneys race. So there's going to be a lot to report on, of course, all the judges. The judges are really popular in terms of the voter guide because there's so little information out there. We're able to really fill a need. So let's talk
1: about the L.A. City Council and the two council members facing accusations of corruption. Tell us more about the council members and where do things stand?
0: Yeah, two more. Uh, It was in June. Uh, The 10-year council veteran Curran Price of South L.A. was charged with embezzlement, perjury, and conflict of interest. And in that case, state prosecutors accused him of having had a financial interest in development projects that he voted on, Mm -hmm. among other things. Price has said he's innocent. Then in October... The City Ethics Commission accused Councilmember John Lee of the Western San Fernando Valley of accepting illegal gifts from developers when he was the chief of staff to his predecessor. And Lee has also said that he's innocent. And like we talked about, this is a 15-member city council, and now five have been either accused or convicted of corruption just in the last few years.
1: That's not a good look. So in 2024, we're going to hear more about the story developing here, right?
0: Yeah, we absolutely are. In fact, Coming up in January, former council member Jose Weizar is going to be sentenced to prison in this plea agreement that he made with prosecutors where he pled guilty. He's agreed to serve at least nine years in federal prison. This is a guy who was like a star. He mm-hmm. was the son of undocumented immigrants from Mexico. He was an immigrant from Mexico and he was really this guy that a lot of people hung their hopes on. He represented the East Side and, you know, he was found to have taken bags of, literally bags of cash yeah. from developers as part of a bribery scheme. And that's not all. Some of the developers who gave him the money uh, have been sentenced this year. One of his fundraisers uh, will be soon sentenced. So this corruption at City Hall it has been sprawling. There was also the DWP uh, uh, scandal where Mm -hmm. uh, an attorney that was hired by the city attorney set up this sham lawsuit involving the DWP's bad billing practices. I mean, it goes on and on. And, you know, that's why people say, hey, is there a culture of corruption at L.A. City Hall?
1: You know, there are some reform efforts, which we've talked to you about before, um, the move to create an independent redistricting commission, and also a push to increase the number of seats on the council. It's, it's all this talk about corruption and all that and having more representation at the council. What's the latest on those fronts?
0: Yeah, I think these corruption cases uh, and then the, you mentioned the City Hall tape scandal, you know, have really developed some momentum toward reform. And we saw that about a month or two ago where the city council decided to put on the November 2024 ballot uh, a measure that would create an independent redistricting commission so that politicians didn't draw their own district boundaries. So that's going to be coming up in November. Uh, but there's another piece of it, where, which is city council expansion, adding the number of council members, uh, which is designed to make the council more representative of the city, more responsible. Responsive to constituents, you know, if a council member represents, you know, instead of 260,000 residents like they do now, and they represent more like 150, 60, 170,000, they'll be more responsive. That's the idea behind council expansion. The ad hoc reform committee is going to take that up in the next month or two. Um, but you know, those two things really won't address the kind of corruption that we've seen. Mm those are really important reform measures but really what you know a lot of good government people say is needed is ethics reform mm. you know giving the ethics commission more independence from the city council a stronger arm in creating and enforcing ethics rules for the city council and then this other element which doesn't get talked a lot about Brian okay. but it's it's this element where individual city council members have this huge control over development in their own individual districts so it makes it very tempting for a Jose Weizar to maybe take bribes because he controls development in his own individual district. But... If you create a system where the development is handled more either by city bureaucrats, you know, the head of the housing department or whatever, or the head of the, the building department, or if you make the decision-making more a part of the whole council or a different structures, then you might be able to, you know, reduce some of the corruption or the temptations for corruption. And that's something that's hopefully going to be on the table in the coming year. That's something that the people who are really watching this, this issue, these corruption issues, they're really arguing for.
1: Yeah. On that note of corruption and kind of the scandals that have rocked L.A., I want to go back to the 2022 racist tapes that were leaked. Um, you know, redistricting was part of that convo and a lot more. But what other after effects we might see from those tapes here in 2024?
0: Well, I think the main thing is the push toward these reforms that we've been talking about. The tapes really made a lot of people, you know, further distrust city government. And let's not forget that one of the people who participated in that conversation, council member Kevin DeLeon, is running for re-election. Right. There were these huge calls for him to resign, people shutting down city council meetings. You'll remember that period. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a moment. It was a moment. He never resigned. And now he says, hey, I want another four years. I believe that my constituents in this east side council district that he represents, same as Jose Wizar, right. uh used to. Um, that they're going to forgive him and that he'll get reelected. He faces a tough battle. There are seven people running to unseat him, so uh, he'll probably make it into or be forced into a runoff. Of course, some people are saying... That he's in such bad shape that he would not even finish in the top two wow. uh, among these eight people, him plus the seven, uh, and that he would be knocked out in the first round. We'll see. Right. Uh, you know he's got some. You know name recognition, good and bad. Right. And you know one of the really interesting things is there was a lot of anti-black racist comments by these Latino members of the city council, mm-hmm. and so part of the question is this is an East Side district that is. Heavily Latino, you know, to what extent will they take seriously these comments that Kevin De DeLeon and others made uh, about black people or will they sort of slough them off?
1: Council District 14 and there's a whole episode for that to unpack. That yes, I'm sure there,
0: there really is.
1: We'll be right back after the break. Hey, what's up, y'all? I'm Pindarvis Harshaw, host of the Right Nowish podcast. Every week, I talk to the people who are creating art and culture and spreading it to the universe. As an artist, you always meet yourself. Every year, you're a different person. Essentially, we normalize a space where you can show up as your authentic self. Check out Right Nowish. Rooted in California's Bay Area, speaking to you. It's so many people of color, so many queer people. It's like I'm being celebrated in my fullness. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to How to LA. I'm Brian De Los Santos. 2024 is, of course, an election year. We've talked about this already. But what are the local seats that will be up for grabs?
0: Well, one that's not getting a lot of attention is the uh, former president of the City Ethics Commission, Serena Oberstein, is challenging Councilmember John Lee in the western San Fernando Valley. And we talked about John Lee a little bit earlier and you know the accusations that he's violated ethics rules. It's a really interesting race. There are only two people in the race. So whoever gets the most votes in the first round will win outright. Oberstein's a nonprofit executive. She's currently the executive director of the Jewish World Watch and a former COO of Vision to Learn, which provides vision care to children in LA. Uh, it's a really interesting race in the Western San Fernando Valley. The other really interesting race is Councilmember Heather Hutt faces four challengers. Uh, she represents a big chunk of Koreatown, West Adams, and then south to LaMert Park. Yeah, she's my council person. But she's never been elected. She was appointed to the mm-hmm. position last year after Mark Ridley Thomas was charged with corruption. So this is the first time her name will actually be on the ballot, where she's actually running for the office. The challengers include Assemblymember Reggie Jones. Sawyer, a well-liked guy. a Pastor Eddie Smart, he's a big activist in South L.A., very mm-hmm. well-known, well-liked. Attorney Grace Yu, who's been very involved in redistricting efforts. And Ara Vasquez, who describes herself as an African Latina immigrant and small business owner. So it's this pretty strong field of people. And Heather Hutt may have a hard time uh, getting elected to the post that she now holds. And then I just want to mention one other and that's the race involving uh, council member Nithya Rahman, yeah. you know, who's just this darling of progressives. I mean, mm-hmm. when she was elected, there was you know, Democratic Socialists of America, the lefties in town were yeah. just cheering because here's this, uh, you know, urban planner, you know, who is now elected to the council, a very progressive. Uh, she faces two challengers, Deputy City Attorney Ethan Weaver and Engineer Levon Baronian. The thing about this race is that we've talked about the city hall tape scandal and the redistribution redistricting uh 40 of her district changed in other Um, words she was the most impacted right impacted i was going to say screwed by the redistricting process so she has all these new voters a whole new area that she has to run in gotcha and so that's why you know she's perceived as potentially you know vulnerable
1: Another name on the ballot that you're very familiar with, Alex Villanueva. We have to talk about him. (laughs) What's he running for? You did a whole podcast (laughs) about him and when he was uh, the sheriff in L.A. County. He's back. (laughs) Uh,
0: Yes. Uh, Former Sheriff Villanueva is running for L.A. County supervisor against Janice Hahn, um, Who's this, a legend.
1: She's been around for a while.
0: Well, her father was on the L.A. County Board of Supervisors before her. Her brother was mayor of L.A. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's served on the council, served in Congress. Now she's been in this seat for two terms. But in any case, you know, the sheriff says, get rid of her. The sheriff likes to preach that, you know, all of government is corrupt. You know, that the supervisors have failed to address crime. You know, that he's the only one that can get in there and be the honor honest Joe. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, he had a very rocky time at the sheriff's department, accused of covering up corruption, using the department to retaliate against political opponents. Um, So it'll be really interesting to see if his, you know, sort of anti-establishment message at all takes hold. Um, He is running in this District 4 against Janice Hahn, which covers Palos Verdes over to Long Beach and then north to Whittier. And there's a third person in the race, Rancho Palos Verdes Mayor Pro Tem John Cruikshank. So we'll see if, the, you know, the former sheriff, you know, can get any traction here. You know, we are in sort of a, an anti-government, you know, uh, time right now. Politics is very volatile, but it would be hard to unseat a Han from any seat. Anything else
1: you're keeping an eye on as we head into 2024?
0: Um, the only other race to really pay attention to is the district attorney's race. District attorney George Gascone embattled. You know, the poll numbers don't look good for him. Uh, he's been blamed for crime. People think that he is soft on people who commit crimes. Of course, Gascone says uh, his policies have been aimed at reducing mass incarceration and racial disparities in the justice system. But he faces 11 challengers. And so he faces wow. a, a tough race and may very well be forced into a runoff in November.
1: Is that position like always controversial,
0: though? It's been controversial the last few years as the criminal justice reform reform movement has gained steam, particularly in the last six, seven, eight years. So as we've seen you know, a reawakening, the racial reawakening, the reawakening around the criminal justice system, we've seen more and more attention paid to district attorneys around the country because they wield a lot of power over people who uh, are caught up in the justice system.
1: There you have it, your cheat sheet into local politics in 2024. Thanks, Frank, for coming in and letting us know what to look out for this year. Thanks, Brian. That was Frank Stoltz, civics and democracy correspondent for LAist. You can read more of his reporting on LAist.com. We have a new episode tomorrow about SoCal's oil wells. Tune in to learn more. Hasta luego. This episode was produced by Monica Bushman. Our other team members include Victoria Alejandro, Megan Botel, Evan Jacoby, Erica Washington, and our intern, Tony Morales. Support for this podcast is made possible by Gordon and Donna Crawford, who believe that quality journalism makes Los Angeles a better place to live. The LAS Spring Super Sweeps is happening now. You can win amazing prizes while supporting your source for local fact-based journalism.